Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode seven. This week, we're going to talk about The Beguiled, and Ease by You, and it's 20-year anniversary, so we're going to celebrate both movies in the Southern Gothic movement in film, and where it was all about spirituality, sexuality, and the downfall of the South after the Civil War. Tawana, what are we drinking today? Hey, so since the theme of this episode is Southern Gothic... And uh, both films were actually shot in Louisiana, um, even though The Beguiled really takes place in, in Virginia, Virginia in the film. Mm-hmm. But they were actually both shot in Louisiana. I chose a beer that's very close to Louisiana's heart. It's Abita's Amber Beer. Amber is Abita's most versatile beer, great for pairing with foods, and a favorite amongst New Orleanians and frequently used in recipes in, in some of the greatest Louisiana chefs. Although it's brewed in the South, this Munich-style beer has a smooth, malty, slightly caramel flavor and a rich amber color that's perfect for hot, steamy days in Louisiana. What about you, Vaughn? What are you drinking? I'm drinking today, I'm drinking Old Crow, which is a very big favorite among the s- Southern drinkers of the South and uh, bourbon of that time period. Always, It was also very popular during the Civil War time. Mm-hmm. Because uh, its creator, James Crow, formulated this this bourbon formula, and it was just so rich. It is so tasty. And it's 80 proof, and we like our bourbon strong. 80 proof. 80 proof, and it was uh, a killer. And uh, one of our former presidents, Ulysses S. Grant, uh, of course. <laughs> drank it. So um, shout out to all the Southern drinkers today. Absolutely. So let's start it off. First film up, The Beguiled. Uh... Written and directed by Sofia Coppola, this remake is uh, primarily about, you know, this Colonel John McBurney, played by Colin Farrell, who is this injured Union soldier who finds himself just on the run, kind of a bit of a deserter, almost, I felt like. Yeah, he definitely right? was a deserter. During the Civil War, he seeks refuge at this all-female Southern boarding school that's pretty much desolate and where just the teachers and the students remain, and there's very few of them. Um, But they seem more than willing to help him, and soon sexual tensions arise and lead to these dangerous rivalries as the women tend to his wounded leg while offering him a great deal of comfort and companionship until it turns awry. Oh, and boy, does it turn awry. (laughs) Absolutely. I just thought, uh, okay. We'll start off with the elephant in the room because it's what everyone's talking about when they talk about the beguile. Why are there no black people in this film? Because it's the fucking South during the Civil War. Okay, so in the film, they explain that the slaves have all ran off. Because... All the men are either gone, they died, or they're serving in the war at this point in time. So these women are left to their own devices, and... um, Basically, Nicole Kidman's uh, Miss Martha's character really has to take, um, she has to protect these girls. Uh, I guess a lot of them are away from home because they're in boarding school. Mm -hmm. And so 
they're just really just kind of living their lives day by day. I'm sure they're very frightened at some point. And uh, it's her name, Amy, right? The youngest one is Amy. Mm-hmm. Amy just yes. happens to find this Colin Farrell's McBurney character, and uh, who's using his original accent, by the way. Yes, and I like that. His original Irish accent, which is great. He was an immigrant, Americans, an yeah, immigrant. An immigrant that would long not be here if Trump was on the <laughs> on the Confederate side. <laughs> well, the Irish were hated in their day. They were hated yes, in their day, were. the Irish, the Italians. Remember that. They were the cold hungry. When you vote for Trump. Huddled masses at one point. <laughs> well, the voting has already happened, so it's a little too late for that. They, they won't still, be a part They still campaign and vote. We can keep going, though. Anyway. They're voting in their minds. <laughs> They're voting in their minds. Anyway, so, uh, okay, so this is the thing about the controversy. Okay, the original one had one black woman in it, and she was the maid or, like, a, not the maid. You know, she was, a, she was a slave, and she was the one that cleaned him up in the film. And that was the Beguile starring Clint Eastwood back in 1971. Right, it was the, the, the original. This is the remake. And there was a scene that had a little bit of sexual tension in it when she cleans him up. Same mm-hmm. scene occurs between Miss Martha Nicole and Kidman. Nicole Kidman and Colin Farrell, who plays the McBurney. Um, Corporal McBurney. And but that one is actually hot. It was like a little sexy. There was like no sex alluded to in that I mean, he was objectified in the way that a woman would be, but it was it was definitely hotter in the original. I see. So anyway, so this woman is the only black. And there was a whole conversation between them about what it is to be black as a slave. Right. Um, because of course he's a union soldier. Mm-hmm. So he cares. Because he's from the from he's he was, from the north. He was repre- representing the north. Representing in the, film. the north, right? Mm-hmm. He he may he may be southern, but anyway. So her story was this is Sophia Coppola. Her excuse was one of a couple things. She pretends that she cannot speak for a black woman, and therefore knows her place in in her mind, of where she could actually take a character. And because she has no idea what a black woman would be feeling at that particular moment in time, in history, she thought that it would not be a good idea for her to include her. Um, that and she thought that the isolated uh, feel of the film did not need any outside sources. And so that's why she didn't pick... She didn't use any black actors in the film. I'm gonna call cop out on yeah. that on that I'm move say, because yeah. as the screenwriter and as the director, she could have easily chosen to add a character that was black. And if you ever walked outside in America, because she grew up in America, she, she didn't grew up in, in didn't any. She grew up in like New York and California. She didn't grow up in any foreign countries where there weren't that many black people, and especially African Americans, exactly. that she could pull from, or maybe she doesn't have any black friends. But I, I know she would have to true. say that there has to be one that she went to Hollywood High School with, probably, so that she could say, "Well, I'm going to just tell me some of your." ancestral stories, my dear black friend, and maybe we could pull something from there. But, okay, if she chooses not to do that, (laughs) I actually rather her leave us out than to make a mockery of us on the screen. I think So I'm going to let her have that little moment, (laughs) and I I realize now why her films are the way they are. Oh, yeah. But 
I enjoyed this movie. Um, I enjoyed the movie because I, I like, I'm a Southern boy, so I like Southern stories and I like the the mystique of it and the and the haunted almost. I don't even know what the word is. I but there, mystical way. There's a mystical always, way. There's always a secret. There's, there's always, always secret. some some hidden knowledge. There's a, there's a. And it's always been that way. There's the sounds because I like the the sounds of the crickets and the the sassafras trees and all the moss hanging yeah, everywhere. Yeah, Spanish moss. Yeah, and the fog. It was just it was a beautiful southern moment, yeah. and uh, it just reminded me of like Charleston or somewhere. Right, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh. But um, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm just gonna say, yeah, she says she can't be discursive about blacks in their care in the Civil War, and I'm just gonna call artistic cowardice. Yeah, that's we'll we'll just you put that do over it, there. And Sophia. I think you Consult should just someone, maybe, yeah, right. You know, yeah. but I mean, you spent your career speaking Seems from the mind and of the 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 representation of either wealthy or affluent of some sort white women in the suburbs or in a, a higher position in a city life and with no purpose really so I guess that's where you speak from and you really couldn't do it but I think you should have tried it, it seem, wouldn't have been offensive it seems odd to to get kind of a intellectual liberal perspective yeah, as a as a reason for exclusion. Right, right. It's, it's like that seems to me that's almost the highest order mm-hmm. of kind of intellectual shenanigans. And it, it made it seem very ignorant <laughs> to me. It, I, I actually yeah, rather yeah, you man. say nothing and just say, well, we just didn't have any. We just didn't. We just thought it wasn't part of the film. Right. And we thought we did it. We thought we did the people of color more justice by not including right. them. Just don't say anything. Just don't that just say like you fucking don't, ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know anybody. I don't in really that know situation. any blacks. Okay, I don't. And know I don't. Any black I never knew any blacks. So right, ever. I, you're a liar. Your father has that, done some critical shit. You should have <laughs> just said, "Dad, you know some blacks." <laughs> like, could his father speak for the minds of a demented? Um, like Vietnam right. veteran, a Vietnam right. veteran, no, but he a prostitute, cons- a pro- yeah. <laughs> right, a pimp. I right. mean, how many? Oh, pro- but he can speak for criminal Italians, right? That's it. Like and that's what is ridiculous. Exactly. As, as film- exactly. Ridiculous. He can oh, speak he's a, for the mafia because he's Italian. He can right. speak for criminal Italians. Right. As like, filmmakers and creatives, I think it's our job to to do our research and to learn about the yes, I agree. the worlds that we're creating. Right. I think it's it's just it just does a service and, and as a black person, I, every one of my films or any one of my projects is not gonna just be about black people. Nope. I'm gonna explore all kinds of cultures all and lives. Kinds of cultures so and lives. to to just say that this is all I know, this is all I can do is is very limiting and I hope that she because I, I expect her to be able to do a film that has something to do with men and not just a bunch of women in a room constantly. But that, I mean that's, that's pretty much all her films. Like I feel offended that she, she stays that in her she same could space. write for Colin Farrell. Right. <laughs> right, right. She could write for Colin Farrell. Right, because if she can come up with something for this this Irish man, an Irish immigrant that right. has nothing to do with her. Right. Why can't she have come up with something to, to do with a black person? Uh, but exactly. you know, okay, what you know, we're gonna leave her ignorance to the side. We're just gonna sit that over there, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about this film that we both enjoyed. Right. Right. Okay. So. One of the things that I found was interesting, which which I just mentioned a moment ago, was the objectification of men, which you very rarely see in film, and um, which was when Miss Martha was cleaning up uh, Colonel McBurney, a corporal. I 
Lieutenant Colonel. Corporal. He was a corporal. Corporal McBurney, and she was she was bathing him, and she was becoming so aroused by this, the mere mention of wringing out this this watery rag onto his stomach, and they just kept showing pieces of his body and not all of him. So, you know, it just basically was that. That's one of the things I thought was really interesting. Um, also, I really, I agree. I really loved how it was shot. It's this very antebellum style, mm-hmm. like southern style shooting with candles and natural lighting. Um, the silhouettes from natural light and its dimly lit room were really beautiful. The the women dressed in these white purities, yes, you know, tainted dresses, you know, were were really great. I thought the music was amazing, and they had this sort of like. Orchestral, you know, almost played on the scene, but 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 leaving this this bit of like suspicion of what maybe lies underneath. And mind you, there was very little music. There was only a few scenes where there actually was music. Right, but the music was part was mm-hmm. pertinent. It mm-hmm. was important. Yeah, it was just what I think that what I think is interesting about it was also the dynamic between the women. Yes, and 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 how. There's always the matriarch. Yes. But then there's always those women that support the regime. You know what I mean? There's the supportive, like, number one person. Then there's always the shady bitch laying in in the cut. And then then there's the good girl who just wants to keep everybody happy. So it's just like, okay, I get get this. Mm. But, you know, and so we, we saw it play out. In yeah. the Beguiled, and we, we in see it again of, in uh, Eve's Bayou. Yes. But I think that it's just an interesting dynamic to see how they play off each other. And Nicole Kidman is fantastic in this role because right. she does her best with just the way she turns a phrase. She can make something seem very nice and very dangerous all or, at the same time. All at the same time. Or, and with just a, but also just like a little... Raise of the eyebrow. Right. It's, a, it's a turn of a phrase, a raise of an eyebrow. The a way long she tilts her her head, her yes. chin goes down. It's very And you know, this film wasn't shot in long takes, but when, no. when Nicole Kipman is on screen It's totally long. She just takes over the scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the camera just lives in her face. Yeah. And so because of that but She controls it. She's yeah, very she, good at that. She just she just Evaporates the scene, and when she, when she and Colin Farrell were together, because mm-hmm. he has the same ability, he has the same ability. He definitely has the same ability to do that, and I think that when they worked together, you really saw that, mm-hmm. and um, it was just it was just something magical to see with her, because she's she's been doing this for years now, but she really right. in certain kinds of films she right. can really lay into well, that. There were some other real like heavy hitters like Elle Fanning. Oh yes, Elle Fanning is on the come up, y'all. She's really doing a lot and Just I, know I really she is on the come up. She was that bitch though yes, in this film. She was that bitch. She was that bitch <laughs> and you were like what the fuck? This little girl, her name was Amy in the film. Her name is Ona Lawrence. You've seen her in Southpaw. Yeah, she's, she's been in Bad Moms. She's a very cute little girl and a lot of times you see her with glasses. There were so many there was another. There were a few other film, few, few other girls like, like Emily, Marie, Jane. They're, they all played their part. I mean, Kristen Dunst was good, but Kristen Dunst was Kristen Dunst. I didn't see anything sub- substantially she, great. But, but she's always in she, Sophia's films. Right. And I think she's her muse. She's her Denzel to Spike Lee. Right. And I think what Kristen Dunst, her performance was subtle in a way. It but, was very subtle. But 
But I think that she she delivered on that that longing to be somewhere else. She wasn't really yes. of that place. She she represents yes. all those people who don't really want to be in a certain situation, but they can't find a way out. Right. And she actually was looking for a way out, I think, and she was looking for a way out through Corporal McBurney. Right. And it just didn't happen. But well, I, she was definitely well, you, seeing her life in another place. Even though, even though, okay, so even though the women did fall over themselves and dress up and flirt and be overly helpful, and, um, you know, he was no better. He was, shall we say, a fuckboy. Right. He was a fuckboy. Thank you, Alex, he, for that term. Yeah, we love thank you, boys. Alex. He did all that he could to make sure he stayed in that goddamn house. And, and you know what? As, as a man in a certain situation, because I would have done the same thing. I would have just, right. I would have pulled those women against each other, and I said, okay, what's my best angle to stay? Right. The the, prop, the thing that he made the mistake of doing right. was playing all of them at the at same the time. At the same time, and allowing them to see it, though, but too. But I think that he didn't, he didn't realize... How catty, because this is what men do. Yes. We think it's all about us. Right. We think it's all about us. We don't understand how once you, get you in guys, trouble. once you guys walk out of the room, y'all start talking about what we oh, have yeah. just done. So we don't see that part because we don't do that with men. Right. We don't have those same kind of conversations with men. So what you do is you compete amongst each other. Yeah. By talking about how you had an advantage with this dude. Right. So that's what those women did, and that was his downfall. That was his downfall. What, what I always say, and I, I give this advice to my brothers and my friends, because I feel like I have a two-part brain. I've got part girl and part guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so I can see both angles coming a mile away. So when I talk to my brothers and my friends, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? She's going to go back and say 700 things. Don't do that. She's going to take it this way. Don't, you know... You guys don't anticipate the future after you said what you say or do what you do. And don't anticipate. He was in a nest of women. A nest. Mm-hmm. And he went at everyone from the little girl, you know, you're my favorite, to like Queen Mother, you know, right. Nicole Kidman, Miss Martha. And the thing is, is that he did it with them around so that each one of them kind of saw, and it started this sort of like competition. This competition where they would fall over themselves and then make themselves delicate enough to to attract this male nature, but then you know rear back when 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 they saw something they didn't like. So he, why did he do that? What was his motivation? His motivation was to stay in that house. He wanted to stay in the he house. He was a deserter. Because he was a deserter. So he propositioned he get, himself uh, as, once I get better, because he was injured, once I get better, hurt, yeah. I'll be able to help you take care of the house. You need a man around. He kept right. referring to you needing a man you around needed since a man there were no around. men left. And they are Southern women, and right. they're used to being in that archetype structure. Where the men were taking care of them. Where the men would take care of them, especially back then. And yes, maybe things have changed, but things still stay the same a lot in the South. And they're, they're, they're building structures their original founding founding foundation rather exists there and uh, to this day you know women that love to be debutantes and shit like that you know that's just how they that's how they're raised and there's nothing wrong with that listen i have southern roots i was a yankee born here but all my all my grandparents are southern but so i understand the dichotomy and of, of how this works and the secrecies that we've that we've grown up with how your grandmother won't tell you what happened to so-and-so back then because of whatever reason. So that's how they were existing, too, in this world of secrecy. They each sort of knew what was happening, 
but still yet went after each other. Well, you know, I, I think that, it, and I also was born in New York, but I was raised in the South. You were raised so in the South. So I can tell you all you really, about those really Southern claim New York. mystiques. I don't claim New York like that, because <laughs> I'm all especially about the Queens. South. Not Queens, New York, screw that. <laughs> um, but anyway, the film just the film just did a lot. And I, I, I love Colin Farrell's performance, because he he's, he's a bad boy in Hollywood. He gets... Yeah. He gets... Uh, Typecast a lot, but then when he decides I'm gonna just jump into some other kind of project, he will just do it. Right. And and I think that he was good at this because he's able to play. Because you never know with him if he's the good guy or the bad guy. Yeah. And this role was perfect for him. And the fact that he kind of teeter totters on that ledge, he does. And he can jump from one side to the other. Yeah. And when definitely. he went off with them after they. After him. after what happens, he got very upset. And yeah, then, and he just and went off, and I love. That's exactly what I would have done. Actually, I should have killed one of them, but <laughs> he did. They poison him. No, like there was some things that there happened was some to things him. that happened. But it really, but no. Here's the thing: what happened to him wasn't a deliberate action. No, it they was had an to accident. It, no, but what happened to him was an accident. Oh no, that was an and accident. And what happened was done to save his life. Right. But he took it as, oh, you maimed me. Mm-hmm. Um, or you tried to get back at me because I wouldn't fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. I only fucked this one or that one, or maybe I was going to fuck this one or that one because I didn't choose you specifically or you specifically. You had to punish you me. You had to punish me. So it's like he almost tried to pull that whole like vagina, vagina dentata thing, like, oh, you got too close and it, it, you got bit. But no, he was definitely like fucking around. And he would make like, he was, his whole character was full of these like, Stolen glances, fake alliances to manipulate each it's like one of the women. Survivor. It, was, it, it is was like watching great, Survivor. I, I just I loved and how this movie unfolded. He really like set them afire, and the only way for them to be quenched was by him. And he wasn't. He was. That was the part where he fucked up. One. He sort of set them up, and he didn't act. Right. And so the well, desperation. I don't, think a, I don't think he had a chance to because he didn't expect to he have started. the accident. He didn't expect to have the accident. He didn't though. expect to have the accident. But he started, and the way he started was wrong. I wouldn't have chose the way he started. I would have went the other way, because then you can go backward. You know what I mean? Right. You can't go forward. So it was just like, it started this air of like desperation and backstabbing. And yeah. just like... Doing what women do. Doing... Can't say that. It's the truth, though. You can call it out. Just doing what women do. Backstab and and do shit like that. But our backstabbing is usually on the front stab too. So you know it's okay. Y'all, y'all are more on that shady shit. Okay, women are catty, but they do front stab too. They do, they do throw shade in your face. Right. They will, they will. uh, What do you call it? Clap back in a second. Yeah. (laughs) But like, now, I'm gonna tread carefully here. Oh gosh. I will promise. No, but it's... Jump in. Yeah, there'll be a front stab, but only after there's been two or three backstabs so that the front stab is a fatal blow. Right. I agree. I grew up with two sisters. I I know exactly how this works. But the the foundation is is weak. Yeah, Yeah. the foundation is weakened. Yes. So that a mere sniper's bullet will take you down. Yes. Exactly. I totally agree. Asymmetrical warfare. From having an older sister, I totally get it. I agree. I agree with you. I have one sister and all brothers, but... Being a girl living my life in this world, I've seen it a million times. Hell, half the time, the ones that are doing the backstabbing are the ones you think would not be backstabbing. I mean... So is this kind of... Is this as much as anything... Because um, I didn't see the film, but... Is this as much as anything kind of a 
almost like an, an audit or a review of, I don't know, kind of women descending into their, I don't know, into kind of, they start, they start turning on each other? No, because I feel like they tried to make this a bit of a feminist type of film. No, it was, and yeah, because like, it was more of an empowerment. It was more of an empowerment. Okay. It, wasn't like, it wasn't like she was trying to to make us look bad at all. She was really just saying, like, you know, kind of like you fuck with the bull, you get the horns. You right, and it, 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 <laughs> it was... He loses. And it was definitely he more about... He loses, yeah. It was more about their empowerment and how they came together because right. he became the enemy in the house. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and he started out being the enemy in the house and then there was this this midpoint, I guess, in the arc. Well, he was really the enemy of the house because of, for cultural war, Right, because of the cultural reason. war, because there was a war going on right. and he was on but the other side. Then they realized he was a good person. Right. He and became he, human right. and then all of a sudden it just turned And sour. he laid it on and then it went sideways. Right. And he didn't think it would go that way and neither did anyone else, but he took it wrong. So but what she did well in the film was bring everybody back together because right. everybody had to come together. Because there was a culmination at the end. To fight the enemy. To sort of Colin fight Farrell. the enemy and... But yeah, there was a couple so, side sidelines. But but that's what it was about. And that's also what Sophia does. She does that in her films. The women yes. are never going to be, they're never going to be victims for long. Women they're always going to take the, they're always going to take the upper hand. There's going to be a way that it does. She doesn't the shift. really victimize her women no. either. She mm-hmm. always, she always operates from a position of power, yet humanizes them, but then comes back to a position of power, like you know. Okay, these things happen, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna. So then, what was his? What was his motivation then for like playing all those sides? It's survival. Just, it's just survival. A, a survival, but survival. Like, any power trip? No, well, no, but, but see, but, but you gotta his, remember, his power, surviving. His power trip came a little at the end, but his power, and it's only because he was affected. By his it. power was always about his. One survival, but it was always about societal. He was the man, he was the man. living in the Civil War South. There yeah. was no women running shit. And, yeah. All the men everywhere ran shit. So he thought, I could speak loudly to these women right. and can totally control them. Because right. right. he was hurt. And he, was, he was also an immigrant. There were, and he was an immigrant. So it was always this, it was also the same situation from where he came from in right. Ireland. Because he so explained to us the whole imagine, situation. Imagine yeah. now, you he was actually hurt yeah. and still running all of these women. With his manipulation and his little lies, yeah, you know, he so he's but but that was the patriarchal success society that we were living in at that time. So he automatically knew if he played his card right, he could control that house. But those right. women were smarter than that, or at least I can say Nicole Kidman was was Nicole her character Kidman was smarter than that, and like maybe one other. Right. I think Amy was upset too. Right. The rest Amy, were just frightened. Amy, the little girl, she that was the she's the smart woman. She's she the smart forebearer woman. of the women we have now. Yeah. You and know what I mean? Because she's more yeah. like a scientist. She knew, she, was a she scientist. knew nature. She had an understanding of that. She knew people. And she was human. Yes. She was the one who brought him to the house. Right. Right. And said we should care for him. And there was a few girls who were diehard Confederates. Were like, no. 
he's a Yankee. No, oh, he's a Union soldier. No, he'll hurt us. And like, because they they shared all these stories about how the yeah. Union soldiers would rape and pillage the property owners. I'm sure and, they saw some shit. And too. you know, things would happen to people badly because of these soldiers, based on a wartime situation. Yeah. So but, all these things were at play. Right. Because they I, were hiding a lot of that, stuff. Yeah. I think that it was it was just interesting to see that he thought that he could just simply just come in there and just well, take over. Because he thought he was a man. Right. Because that's that could just that's take what over. it was. No and matter even, where he was. And even being hurt and injured, because yeah. hell, he still, you know, and I don't want to, no spoilers here, but there's a scene in the film, even after he's been changed, right. where he still, you know, basically assaults a woman into lovemaking. And, you know, it, it was bigger. It was blown out more in the Clint Eastwood rough. film. Well, the Clint Eastwood film blew it out. But in, the but in this film, film, it was a little more... It was more Clint of Eastwood a film was seduction. More sexual than this one. Right, was. but this was more of a seduction in that way because... But I believe the ultimate goal was from Nicole Kidman and the other house members. They sent... Kirsten Dunst's character to be with him. But do you think they sent her? Yes, I, I like do Kirsten because Dunst I think went around she wanted to do her. She wanted she to wanted, do that. Yeah. But they also sent her you to be there that? to be the distraction. But didn't she just? I thought that she went on her own. She and, wanted to go. Yes, yeah. but it was part of Nicole Kidman's plan. Well, I'm sure for her so they could do what, what, what so they, they could plot and yeah, plan plot on how and to get away. And that's that was the genius of the film. Kristen Dunst was the was the weaker of all of them because she was she was the proper fair teacher, but. She also, she also had, was innocent, never been anywhere, never been touched, but was older, so she could, she could definitely. And she spoke French. She, she was, spoke, she, yeah, was a, she was, she was, she was She cultured. lived in a world where she wanted to be in another place. She thought her life was more fanciful than what it ended up being. Well, and it seemed like she also had planned her life out because yeah. that whole thing with the dress that she had. Right, saved. she had her, she had her nightgown for her for her special lover when she got married. Yeah, she was already prepared for all of that. She had that, so she was ready for all of that. But, but okay, so like, let's 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 juxtapose and move on to what. Um, to these similar circumstances, but just within Eve's Bayou, which is pretty much uh, parallel to what's happening in this film. Um, the man... Okay, so let's start this way. You know, Eve's Bayou is the story that's set in, like, 1962 Louisiana, and the Baptiste family is headed by this charming doctor, Louis. Um... Though he's married to a beautiful Roz, he has a weakness for attractive patients. And one night, one of his trysts with a married woman um, leads him into this world uh, that involves his young daughter. And Eve cannot forget what has happened, but it leads to this traumatic summer. And they're basically sequestered to their, to their house for the summer. Um, but this is a story of an affluent black, uh, black family in Louisiana. And um, it takes on a very beautiful connotation of blacks in the South. This is not poor blacks. This is not sad blacks. This is not beaten blacks. These are like the Cosbys before the Cosbys. In right. a sense, right. but they're held by the 
by the mysticism of Louisiana because they're Creoles. So essentially, they're Creole Americans. So uh, black Creole Americans are different from, say, like Haitian Americans. They have, because, because Louisiana and, and New Orleans in general has this sordid past of Spanish, and it's French, a, it's a mix of so and many African, cultures. Mm-hmm. and Indian. Right. So they call them Creole. They speak of they speak a certain language, a Creole language, which is like an amalgamation of French and a few other languages. Just like just like Haitian Creole, but it's it's a totally different. And they some of them practice voodoo. There's some mysticism in there. Um and so this story takes place all in this one like freaky um summer. Yeah. It was a long, hot summer in the South. It was a long, hot summer, always. I, there is something, you know, and in, 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 in thinking about these movies, when we were deciding to see The Beguiled, I said, like, well, right. we need to also talk about Ease Bayou. Yes. Because it, it just reminded me of, of this film and how, how it was really about these women and the, and, the, and the power that they took. The power that they hold. Right, and, and, that, and that they were going to survive whatever situations a man, a man brought into man. their world. Right. And, unf- you know, it, it just, one, it was beautifully shot. Amazingly and, shot. And I think that people sleep on this movie. This is the 20th anniversary of this film. And, and it right. was just so powerful and so beautiful and, and, and to the fact that Roger Ebert, the late Roger Ebert, thought that this was one of the best films of 1997 right. because of one of the, not only the beauty of the cinematography, but the beauty of the storytelling and the direction. Right. By Cassie Lemons. The Cassie Lemons. Who she's a new school person too. She's she? a new school. Shout out to the new school people. New school people. And you know, it was just a beautiful <laughs> film, and 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 how it laid out. It told a very simple story. Right. Of this long hot summer and and the father's indiscretion, and how, how it, that led to all this trauma within the family. How it hurts the family. Mm-hmm. And what 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 this big mystery leads to, and there's just all this mysticism. First of all, I love 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 Cassie Lemons. Um, remember seeing this film at the Waverly before it was the IFC Theater. Wow! In the balcony. That's how much I love this film. Remember specifically seeing that by myself at that film, and at that theater, and it was a fantastic film. Then finding out later that she was a student at the same school I was just inspired me to be mm-hmm. even an even greater filmmaker, and love the fact that it was written and directed by her. The cinematography was a woman, Amy Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how. She used music as a character. Um, she also used music to to drive the atmosphere. I mean, right. I know we talk of tone and mood, but the music d- drove the atmosphere. I mean, by the way, check out the see the film. Check out the soundtrack. It's this beautiful soundtrack. It's like a gumbo of classic R and B, a bit of Cajun, some classical jazz hits, both contemporary artists and classic artists. It was just. It really added another character to her film. And I love the, the speaking of the soundtrack, I yeah. love the Erica Badu song. Erica Badu, she sounds like Billie Holiday. I loved it in, in the, in the, in the uh, soundtrack. Oh, but yeah. anyway, to the film, the, the thing about the women, and it, it, it still led to this power structure within that, yes. in the house. Okay, you still had the 
the strong women, yes. the strong women who were who were Even trying though, to lead the force. You right. had the weaker women who had circumstances that happened to them, yeah. but they were always survivors. But then they you were had the, always survivors. You had the bad girl. Yeah, who was Nicole girl. Carson? Well, Nicole Carson and Megan Good. And, well, Megan Good, we don't know if she's good or bad, or she's a little bit of both. She's, uh, she's a little twisted. She was. She's a little twisted, but and, she's and definitely on her, her way. This is one of her. This is her first film. Actually. Megan Good was like twelve. She. This um, is her first film. Um, and uh, what's her name? Um, Journey Smollett. Journey like, Smollett. She was like seven. Was amazing. She in was this amazing film. in and this I'm film. I'm so happy that she's still working. And both that's of them. when we saw her. Yes, that was. Those were both their right. first films, and yes. they both had such strong performances. Oh, yeah. Lynn Whitwood. Lynn, Lynn Whitfield was the mom. Roz. She's always a diva. The aunt Debbie was, Morgan. Oh, Moselle Bautiste. Debbie Morgan. I loved her. Is 100. She was a mystical aunt who read. Who could read people's fortune? She she wasn't she was a medium, but she was also a psychic. Right. And when they flash back in her life, because they tell the stories of these women, each individual woman, what their story was, and blah blah blah. But but Moselle Debbie Morgan's character had the most depth in her story. She had been married three times, and they went, and each one of her husbands died in a tragic way, and they went back in these beautiful black and white flashbacks. Yes to tell you the story of it, but yet intertwined it into the future. Right. So you were always immersed in this film. Yeah. That, that's and something you know, that was there missing was a, to There was a beautiful, a beautiful thing about that was it, it moved the story along mm-hmm. because you knew that everything that affected them in their, in their current and future lives Absolutely. was started all in the past and 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 that that was the beautiful telling of that story and you know as as filmmakers and in film school they always taught us not to rely on the flashback not to rely but but she does it beautifully was done really well if you can do it you do it well and i think that you know the the sadness in these women the the hope of their dreams being kind of lost in a certain way yes it 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 kind of moved you forward but it it, it also took you to a place where well what's going to happen to the next generation of the women well, we, because the little girls were the right. next generation they were the generation but I, I well i could tell you this you could obviously see from the film that Megan Good's character um would go the way of her mom more than likely Probably. but um journey's uh character would go the way of her aunt. And she might have a tragic life, but she would always be... Her name was Eve. It, the, the film was named after her because it's Eve's Bayou. Right. And Eve Which was, was named... the name of the town. It was named after the town, but Eve was also named after their ancestor. Right. Who the town was named after her because their, their slave owner... Right. Was was her lover? Well, not right. really her lover. Her master. Well, at some point, had, he, I guess he became her lover. At some point, he became her lover. Which also ties us back to back to Southern the Gothic, Beguiles. right? <laughs> but Southern Gothic as well, because it's right. just like it's just like this culture that is yeah. ingrained and will never will never and let you know, up. And there was there was all, there's also the element of the secrets, whereas Always. you know the father who was played wonderfully by Samuel L. Jackson, wonderful by Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, you know, he had secrets because he was the doctor, the he local doctor who was having affairs with, multiple with many people. women in the town. And, and 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 there was this way that even when the people in the town knew what he was doing, Everybody knew what no he was one would talk about it. Of because course. he was well-respected in the community and he was well-loved. And so was the families that he was married into. But that, but that is a tenant. 
mm-hmm. in in the southern life. Yeah. You are not to tell other people's business. Right. You are not to let a business in your house leave this house and right. go out into the street. You don't go to everyone's house. Or if you knew people, you need at everyone's house. It was a ve- there were all these like sort of like strict codes that we almost are ingrained in us in a sense. Yeah, that's but, true. But it but it but it makes us who we are as a people. Right. And forms the beauty of us. Because it is so complex. By the way, I forgot to add that Diane Carroll was in this as Elzora, the other, uh, like she was like a psychic priestess. Yeah, she was, yeah, she was a um, voodoo priestess. She's a voodoo priestess that's involved in this one. Um, has some dealings with Journey, but it, it was it was it was really interesting. And my thing is, I liked how the parallel of the two women-driven stories and these sort of of coming-of-age tales, in a sense. Because Amy's... For Amy, that's sort of a coming-of-age tale in The Beguiled. The young girl girl. Mm -hmm. who brought him in. She's going to always have this tale of how she pretty much became a woman. Because, I mean, the stuff that they went through ages you. Right. And then the same thing happens to Journey in this one, in Eve's Bayou. It's, it's, It's that summer that she'll never forget, you know. Right. Um... So, I mean, it, I'm not spoiling it because it opens. F- and Ease by You starts out with the summer I killed my father. Right. The summer, I, that's what I was going to say. It starts out, well, this is about the summer I killed my father. Mm-hmm. And and it just, it's just, it's beautiful in that way. But what I, I, I feel like cinema, cinematography. Uh, cinemagraphically. Thank you. Cinemagraphically. Thank you. <laughs> cinemagraphically, they both measure up. I just particularly feel like I was explaining this to Alex earlier. It, mm-hmm. it felt like, you know, eating Taco Bell and then having Tex Mex in Texas. You know, having KFC and eating at like Sylvia's or Amy Ruth's in Harlem. I mean, you know, Red Rooster. There's a distinct difference in flavor and tone mm-hmm. in in these films. And the Beguiled was good, but Eve's Bayou was great. Eve's yeah. Bayou was. But I and I, but I think but I think though, but I think you also bring the element of the culture that you know, right? To Eve's by you. But here's the thing. But I but at the end of the day, it was still a. Both films are both women. They're just they're films. both very good films. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm not Sofia Coppola. I'm not in a position to say, well, I don't know white women very well, so I can't really tell their story. Fuck that. I've lived around whites all my life. And I'm not in a place where I can say, I don't know how white people feel. I know how white people feel, and I know how black people feel. And this was just peppered better. And it was peppered better because Cassie reached out more. The cinematographer on Eve's Bayou is a white woman. So she painted these people in such beautiful color and light. So that, that artistic cowardice that Sophia is rocking is bullshit. Because Amy Vincent slayed the fuck out of these images in Eve's Bayou. And yes, she did, and 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 I'll give so, you that. But once yes. again, it's it's still both stories about women, mm-hmm. both stories about women in the South, yes. and, and and what they have to battle through yes. in a male oriented society. I agree, and 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 that's where we're coming from in that. And I agree that yes. Sophia 
took the cowardly road out. Maybe she should. We should send her a copy of Ease by You. No, she's seen it. No, we'll we'll send it to her. No, because she may, we'll might not have seen it because she doesn't know. Because she doesn't know because she don't know any black people. She don't know. Maybe she'll choose not to watch it. Like she chose not to have blacks. Well, you know, <laughs> like I said, there were no whites in Eve's by You. There were no whites in Eve's by You, but whites could have fit just perfectly in Eve's by You. Yes, they could. It was a okay. So I will agree with that. It was a black community in which. But the story was 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 sequestered really to the town. Yes. Which we all know in the South, they had black towns and white towns. Yeah. So this might have been an affluent black town. Yes. Um, which is why we probably never saw any whites, and they didn't uh, veer outside of their town because the kids were, um, because we'll say this because there was a reading and. Moselle, the aunt, said that some kid's going to die this summer. So the mother, believing Moselle, right. knowing Moselle's powers, um, her abilities, made the kids stay home. Yeah. So that's why it was so much of just the family dynamic. I mean, we got mm-hmm. very little bit of an outside the family. When he visited his patients, he went to a bar. They went to a, like a, a food market. That right. was really, that was, was it. there was a party at their home. Oh, there was a party in the home. Because they lived out in the, the swampier area. Yeah, they in the bayou. Yeah. So they were in the bayou. So they, they didn't necessarily have to be in the center of town, mm-hmm. which I think also led us to, and then once, the, once they thought there was a curse, they, they felt like they needed to stay close to home anyway. Right. So that, that made the story more interesting. And there's something about being trapped in the house, yes. which we saw in, in, in the beguiled. In the beguiled. And even in It Comes at Night. It Comes there's at Night, There's something about being trapped in the house right. that makes things happen. Yes. And even when you don't, when you don't want bad things to happen sometimes, they kind of do because yeah. you're, you're in a circumstance and a situation where I just want something to happen because it's, well, it's almost like I'm just there's nothing going on here yeah. so my imagination well, takes it, over it's a bit of cabin fever mm-hmm. you 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 get a bit of cabin fever and cabin fever can really you know um, make you go insane yeah and and, and make I you think, think that, you that, see things that, that are that led to existence. both things happening in both situations yes. in the the house in the beguiled this the women were the women were feeling a certain way about each other right. and how the other persons may be interacting with this soldier. Right. And then they felt a certain way about themselves and how they wanted to be in a certain and place. And he felt a certain way about them. Exactly. Before and because after. they were separated from each other. And then in the house in the in, in Ease Bayou, there was already talk in the town of the father having affairs. The father's having and affairs. This, the, this the women came together. Roz's mother... Roz's mother, her she and and, and really uh, Debbie too. Morgan's character. They right. there was all these Mozo. secrets going around. There was all these talk. The little girls heard the talk from listening because you know how kids listen to yes. the adults. They were listening on the walls and trying to figure out what was going on in the house. Yes. So it's it's the same kind of elements of the story that was still taken at at play in these stories. Yeah. And I think that was the interesting part about it, and that's what reminded me of the story when when we first brought up doing a review yes. of The Beguile. I just, I'm just, I'm so glad I we think got it was, a chance to see him. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a really pretty brilliant idea on your part to add the Bees by you part, because when you first said, I said, okay, I guess we're going to see The Beguile, and then you were like, well, we could add Eve's Bayou, and I was like, what does that have to do with it? And then I was like, wait, 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 women. And then I was like, no, there's so many levels to this. Mm-hmm. There could be so much more, and I just thought, 
it was interesting, and I think you're right in the regards in which you say what what the parallels are how cabin fever sort of like influences you to think all these different from all these different perspectives and never really know what the other person is thinking. I mean, um, the beguiled is really a big ass misunderstanding, and so is yep. Ease Bayou. Yep. It's just a huge misunderstanding on many parts, actually, in Ease Bayou. And had had one hand washed the other, they would have known what was happening. But you know, secrets in the South, man, yeah. they 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 sting, they hurt, they kill, and they wake you up. It provides so much passion. So much passion. It's always hot. And you know when it's hot. When it's hot, things get nasty. Yes, it certainly does. Sidebar, <laughs> y'all. This old crow is kicking right now. Woo! This is eighty proof of magicness. And you know what? <laughs> Mr. Griva. It's only <laughs> it's it's only been aged three years as opposed wow. to all the other bourbons that have been at least four. Is is potent. But it's 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 potent for so sure. Young, as they would say, the southern is potent. It's potent. <laughs> so overall, what is your what is your take on uh, beguiled? What okay, so overall what my take is on beguiled is despite the controversy, I thought it was a, a very good film and it adds to I think I think to her diaspora of women driven storylines and I think it's worth a viewing everyone in it was fantastic from uh, Colin Farrell to Nicole Kidman to Kristen Dunst to Elle Fanning and little Una um, who plays Amy I would say please go see it um, get your own opinion but you won't be disappointed. As for Eve's Bayou, you already know I rep Eve's Bayou all day because I rep Cassie Lemons ten times all day. Yeah. Um, love her. Um, not because she's just a brilliant black filmmaker, but because she's a woman filmmaker who kicks ass and is a script doctor who's amazing. Um, and puts out really brilliant work. But I think that Eve's Bayou is this intricate web of copper beauty, delight, music, and his sheer brilliance on a screen. Wow. I highly recommend it. If you cannot find the DVD, you can stream it. Would you stream it from? Bob? I streamed it on Amazon. Amazon's got it. Probably Voodoo. You'll find it. But highly think you should Amazon this. And it's the, it's and the 20th anniversary, it. y'all. Take a look. Take a look take and realize, look. you know, what film could have been. Because it was part of the beginning of what yeah. would have been the, the new wave of, of black film. Of black film. And black women they, developed they, film since Julie Dash. So I, I think yeah. everybody needs to give it another look. Give it and, another um, look. I really want put the, uh, put Cassie your, Lemons yes. to start directing some more put work Put your again. speakers on. Well, she's really a, a script doctor. And I don't think she does a lot. Um, she doesn't... Like, the last one after that was, like... Was it Caveman's Valentine? And then she did. Um, she doesn't do a lot of director films. Oh, she did a bunch. Well, no, she was actually an actress for a while. She was in yeah, Candyman. I remember her time as acting. She was in Candyman for a while. But yeah. Of course, my. I friend. want her to direct again, and that's what I want to happen. She did I seven. Lo- I loved 
the beguiled. I'm not I'm not crazy about Sophia. Black and, Nativity and, and, and Talk to Me. I'm sorry I didn't interrupt Oh, you. those two? Those two she did. Also. Okay, I'll give her that because I know yeah, some people who did Black I Nativity. Uh, I know some people who are actually She's in Black Nativity. So I'm, I'm glad that she is still working and I want her to do more. Um, my take on the films, I, I really like The Beguiled because I, I like that kind of storytelling right. where, where people are just in one space and they have to kind of navigate their lives in it. Right. I like that. I like the look of the film. I like the feel of it. Colin Farrell is, is always doing his thing. Nicole Kidman, just go in and get your nomination because you're always going to get it. All the other performers, amazing. Elle Fanning is on the come up and that other little girl who played Amy, what's Una. her name? Una Lawrence. Una, keep going, girl, because... Yeah, she's really good. She is an amazing such a young actress. Girl. She's an actress. Yeah. She's an actress, and I think that it's good to see these young... Uh, actors and actresses coming up in the game. Yeah. Uh, Eve's by you. It's the 20th anniversary. I celebrate you all day long. All day. Because there's nothing like seeing that kind of black beauty on the screen because we don't black get to see beauty. enough of that and we're not downtrodden, poor slaves and so on and so forth. We're actually doing our things. I will and I appreciate seeing that. Excuse me. I will say this. Even though Vaughn won't like this, what's the, what's the Oprah, Ava... Divinay show, sugar, dark sugar, brown sugar, queen sugar, queen sugar. My apologies because I don't watch the show, but if you like queen sugar, you'll really like Eve's by you. Well, how you know they're gonna like it if you don't watch it? Because I have seen a couple episodes of it, oh, so but you I don't have watched it. Traitor. I've watched it, but I've not Traitor. followed it. Traitor. I know I've got my own reasons, Traitor. but I won't mention them for fear they may hire me one day. Traitor. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but. Anyway, I guess I guess if you like <laughs> Queen Sugar, I'm talking about the look of it, the look of it. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about Oprah, who you don't like. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the look of it mm-hmm. because the look of it is beautiful copper tone images, that's and nice. women are directing those episodes. And that's wonderful, and they're and also shooting all of that. Them. Cool story, bro. Cool story. I support cool all of story. that. So, <laughs> if if you like all that stuff, Aww, check it out. The sadness of it all. All right. So, that's it. We're wrapping it up. Um, we're going to thank Mr. Alex. You're welcome. Our favorite sound guy. Thank you, Alex, for bringing the best sound in the industry. Bringing the best sound, pulling us up, making us sound fantastic, because there are some podcasts that are echoey as fuck, and ours never sound that way. And I love it. What's going to be the next film? The next episode, episode eight, we're going to do Planet of the Apes. Yes. Um, War, War of the Planet of the Apes. War of the Planet of the Apes. Thank you. I knew it was off a bit. And Alex, what's the other one? Dunkirk. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we're gonna celebrate. We're celebrate. gonna celebrate Alex culture. Alex, little, little little bit of kiwis. So, so even though this was the British Expeditionary Force, um, obviously my country was still part of the empire at that point. Exactly. They had yet grown too poor to support us. So (laughs) (laughs) there were New Zealanders um, floating around at that time. Yes. There were a few on the beach. Uh, I'm not sure exactly if they were there as part of the uh, Anzac force. I don't think they were, but there were definitely New Zealanders there. So. But it was shot in New Zealand, right? Did you say? I thought it was shot in New Zealand. No, that was aliens. Oh, duh. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of military history <laughs> that uh, didn't involve America saving the day. <laughs> America always saves the day. No, we the, uh, ruin the, the day. The, Somewhere. The Britons, we ruin the day. The British, the British um, leisure sailing fleet saved the day. There you go. That was uh, it's an interesting, that, very that, interesting story. That works. Very interesting battle. 
Um, I'm excited to unpack that. Well, if you are as ex- excited as Alex is in seeing this film, follow us on our social media life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And SoundCloud, Beer Bourbon and a Movie. And on Twitter, we're Beer Bourbon and a MOV. And hashtag us if you have something to say or uh, just want to find us. It's hashtag BBM Podcast. Please. And um, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. Can't wait to see you again. Bye bye.